0: I really love this passage because it illustrates one of my favorite things about scripture. And that is that scripture is always in conversation with itself. We have Jesus's words, but he is calling back to the stories of the prophets Elijah and Elisha. And if we listen carefully, he is looking forward to some of the things that we hear that he has that he does later in his ministry. But right at this moment in scripture, Jesus is at the very beginning of his ministry. He's been apparently doing wonderful things in Capernaum, which is not too far away from home, but it's not home. And then one weekend he came back home and decided to uh, sit in on worship and they ask him to read and what did he read but the words of Isaiah and then he made this amazing claim he's essentially saying and we we heard this last week remember what Isaiah said it's happening here it's happening with me oh they were shocked they were For one thing, they didn't see him as a great teacher or, you know, an evangelist from out of town who came in and is going to preach great things. This was Joseph's little boy, you know, the carpenter's assistant. Some of these people had known him for years. And how is it that he's been away for a while and he comes back and he's making all these outlandish claims about himself? But he's saying things in beautiful words. They they call his words gracious. They're a little bit surprised. hmm? And, you know, we've all seen that. Somebody from the local community starts stepping out of the accustomed role that, that we think for them. And it really kind of takes us by surprise. Sometimes we think it's wonderful. Oh, you know, what, you know, local boy make good. Right. Other times, and I've I've seen this in the in the software world fairly frequently, and in other ways in organizations. Well, you know, if it's one of our own people who who came up with this idea, how much value can there really be? In so, so I think these folks are, are starting out already a little bit conflicted. Uh, Jesus goes on and he quotes one proverb, doctor, cure yourself, or, or uh, we often hear it as physician, heal thyself. Turns out this was a commonplace proverb, both. It's attested both in Hebrew literature and also among the Greeks of of the surrounding culture. And, you know, it means a variety of things, but basically it means, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's very nice of you to tell us what we should do with our lives, but maybe you should take care of yourself first. Or, it's very nice of you to be helping those people in Hipernium. Now, this is what what he suggests the people are going to say but how about you do some of those wonderful things here for your own folks? It's very nice that you went away and and you were doing stuff for the rest of of Israel, but come home and do some of those wonderful things. Well, as as he also points out, a prophet no prophet he says is is accepted in his hometown all four of the gospels have jesus saying this at different points a prophet has no has honor everywhere but in his hometown and as we will see later in the story exactly that happens jesus is saying hey i'm here in the role of a prophet and I'm speaking to you and they don't like what he says Oh, spoiler alert they don't like what he says Mm -hmm. and here's what they don't like about what he says they want him to be their prophet he grew up with them he came from Nazareth So this is where he should be doing all of his work right And we'll hear that later on In in the Gospels When he starts reaching out to people Who are outside the community of Israel He gets challenged about that And they don't like it And he tells them that this is going to be part of his ministry, is reaching out beyond the boundaries of the community. He also is really trying to reinforce the point that, yes, he, come, he comes in the role of a prophet. And how does he do that? He remembers two of the greatest prophets of the history of the people of Israel, Elijah and Elisha. And he says, he's essentially saying, Not only am I like Isaiah, I'm like Elijah and Elisha. And remember what Elijah did? There was famine all over the world. God had shut up the heavens so that no rain fell for three and a half years. Everybody was starving. But where did God send Elijah? a little widow up near Sidon which is in on the Phoenician coast up in modern day Lebanon, not in Israel but that's where Elijah went and I don't know if you remember the story, his listeners certainly would have what did he do there? Well there was a miracle with uh, oil and grain so that the widow and her son didn't didn't die but the son was already sick and appeared to die and Elijah brought him back to life well here's here's Jesus saying uh, I'm like those prophets and it almost sounds like he's saying that he's here to bring people back to life <laughs> but worse he's bringing a Phoenician widow's son back to life Then he tells another story about Elisha. There were lepers, of course, all over the the land of Israel, and there were lepers in surrounding lands. And where did God send Elisha? To Naaman the Syrian. Now, he was a great general of the Syrian army up in, oh yeah, Syria, which is not Israel. So here are these two great prophets that that he's calling back to. And he says, God sent those prophets to help people outside of our boundaries. And he's predicting, I think, that they're not going to be very happy. His listeners are not going to be very happy about the fact that that's what he's going to do in his ministry as well. You know, we we all think, I think, that salvation and healing, like charity, should begin at home. Um, you know, for the past few years, I've seen a lot of memes on Facebook about how before we spend any money on those refugees. Why don't we spend money on American homeless veterans? Now, of course, side note, maybe we could spend money on both because both need our healing. But the, the natural human impulse is to help us before we help them. And yet here we find That Jesus is pretty indiscriminate in who he heals. Pretty profligate in how he scatters the help that he gives to people. He's not really a respecter of boundaries. And the folks don't like that. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Our human sinful impulse is often to react angrily when they get things that we think belong to us. Our natural human impulse in communities is to look inward and not outward. But that's not Jesus' impulse. His impulse is to help Whoever comes to him and is in me. Now this is Luke's gospel, and Luke <coughs> leans towards being sympathetic to helping those outside the community. He's he's kind of in in Paul's tradition of evangelizing to all the nations and not just us. Uh, there's there's a story in. Matthew that takes a little bit different tack. Now remember, I said that that the widow that Elijah helped was Phoenician, and the general that Elisha helped was Syrian. And in Matthew, there's this funny little story about somebody who uh, gets labeled the Syro-Phoenician woman. So you know, she's either or both, but she's certainly not from around here. And uh, in that story, Jesus, uh, he, he's a little put out that she, somebody from outside the community, is asking him for help. And, and Matthew quotes him as saying, uh, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. But the gospel also reports that she had a pretty smart reply even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table and when you look at the overall picture of Jesus ministry he really is in favor of distributing crumbs and they not even just crumbs distributing bread loaves and fishes remember that part To whoever is there well the people don't like this story the people of Nazareth and they react like a lot of people do when they're given news that they don't want to hear I read this story and I always think of a wonderful line from uh, the movie men in black a person is smart says agent K but people are dumb panicky dangerous creatures and you know it (laughs) uh, what happens here the people get pretty upset about this idea that Jesus is saying I'm a prophet and I'm a prophet for everybody not just you and they fly into a rage and as a group people not individual persons as a group they get up rush him out of the synagogue, and drive him towards a nearby cliff, precipice, drop-off. Biblical scholars think that maybe it was one of the hills around town that that was about a 40-foot drop. I wouldn't want to take that drop. I don't know about you. That's the reaction of the people to being told, My ministry is here to look outside of the boundaries of this community. Now, I I think a lot of congregations uh, are hearing today about how they need to do that better. There's a lot of congregations that have a very inward focus and think that their work is about preserving what they have. I don't think that this congregation needs to hear about that too much. I don't think that the members of this congregation who were at the Hindu temple yesterday helping to clean up needed to be told, uh, you you need to we need to be spreading good news and good work outside of our walls because you know what we don't have really hard walls. We are our we are ourselves, but we're not an inwardly focused group of people. Um, and you know, for at least twenty five years, this congregation has been thinking about how do we reach out beyond people who are just like us. And I think, by and large, we do a pretty good job. Well, Jesus has, has told these people, my ministry, my work, the message that I bring to you is not one that is bounded by walls or by national boundaries. They didn't like it. They want to throw them over a cliff. But in the end, and it, it's it's just a sentence, and, and I always wonder what was, you know, what's, in between the lines in that sentence, he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Yes, these people were dumb, panicky, and dangerous creatures and wanted to throw him over a cliff, but they didn't stop him, and he went on his way and he continued his ministry. Um, you know, we we often like to quote. Uh, Martin Luther King, who was quoting a Unitarian minister from the middle of the 19th century, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. But you know what? It does bend towards justice. It does lead us in the right way. And when we hear Scripture having conversation with itself and read the full body of Scripture, as this, this wonderful tapestry with pointers from one place to another. I think that what we learn is that God does not want us to be inward focused. God sends God's prophets to the people of Phoenicia and Syria and Greece and Rome and the Hindu temple the Muslim Worship Center, and even to Baptists. (laughs) And when it comes right down to it, I think that uh, that's really pretty good news. And it's good news that I think we live out reasonably well. Amen. Amen. Amen.